A new drug that helps girls and women with a rare neurological disorder called Rett syndrome has just received FDA approval. The drug was developed in the New Zealand lab of distinguished professor Dame Margaret Brimble. She's been working towards this goal for over 20 years and Dame Margaret joins us now. Congratulations, Margaret. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, exciting few days. I've never heard of Rett syndrome, so, so tell us what that actually is. Yeah, so, you know, when I was having my child, I was worried about Down syndrome, but actually Rett syndrome is a lot worse. So female babies, they're born quite normally, and then they progress to about 18 months old, and they start to lose all their cognitive function and their motor function. And this can progress as they go through life, and so they end up with a you know, very low life expectancy, um, often in the 30s at most, and they have to be fed by straw. They have um, it's quite often called ringing hand syndrome because they have a lack of control of their hand movements, and so their hands start to sort of um, you know, get ringing, ringing hands. So really, really sad, horrible disorder, and unfortunately there's nothing, no treatment for it. There's, so it's a, it's a disease for which you know, unmet need, no, no drugs available, until Saturday when the FDA approved this drug trifinitide. So really exciting for the RET community. You know, they're really, really excited about the prospect of being able to treat RET sufferers with this new drug. So it's almost exclusively affecting females? Yeah, so it affects about one in, one in about 10,000 female births um, are affected by RET syndrome. Okay, so you've talked about some of the hallmarks of it really. I mean, how debilitating is it? Yeah, so I've actually seen quite a few of the families, um, and you know, in the RET community in New Zealand, and I know a family uh, um, offshore in the United States, and it really is. It takes over the family's life because you have to, you need twenty-four hour care really for these for these um, young young children, and there's there's just nothing you can do. You really they can't be. It's very hard to communicate. It's very, they're not very mobile. So it's, it's, it becomes a sort of a 24-hour job for the families. And so I went to a Rett syndrome um, conference once and Lady Gillian Dean actually paid for all the Rett syndrome patients within New Zealand to come up to Auckland to hear a clinician from Chicago come and tell them about what they could do for their, for their, um, for their patients. And it was actually just hard, just the logistics of getting the families to Auckland because you know some of them just couldn't actually get, get the um, patients up here. So it's, a, you know, it is, it's just, it just takes over your life, really. You know, you hear stories of, I heard another story of a, um, a young doctor and she's had to give up, you know, and just go part-time with her work because she's looking after a two-year-old that actually has Rett syndrome and she wants to take the time out and help, and help her young daughter while, she's, while she can, uh, but that means she can't work full-time as a doctor. How long has it been known as a <laughs> disease and identified and named? Yeah, so I'm not a clinician, so I, can't, I really can't answer that. But I mean, it's I, you know it's been around for a long time. Um, I'm just a medicinal chemist that came in and you know worked with a, a team of biologists and tried to actually come up with a drug. Initially, the drug was developed for traumatic brain injury. So I was working with um, biologists Jean Guan and Mike Dragonoff at the um, Auckland Medical School, and we were trying to find a new drug for traumatic brain injury. And so we came up with this drug that we called NNZ2566 that was in, named, later named Trifinitide by the World Health Organization, initially trialed by the U.S. Army for dramatic brain injury. But it really, it, it, the, the trials showed that it was safe, but it, wasn't, it didn't work. It wasn't, it wasn't efficacious. Um, but they did it at a very, very low dose because it's for, for brain injury and you can't go, it was a very high dose with something going into the brain. 
And then later on, New Ren Pharmaceuticals, who was a spin-out company at the University of Auckland that was actually, you know, investing in all this work, they they went, they listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, and then they looked at some studies that were done by some uh, researchers at MIT that showed that similar compounds that we were working on might be effective um, in Rett syndrome. And so that's, they, so then New Ren went and progressed and did clinical trials for Rett syndrome, both phase two and, uh, sorry, phase two clinical trials, and then finally, the, the phase three trial that's very, very expensive, UN Pharmaceuticals partnered with Acadia Pharmaceuticals and they paid for the $53 million phase three lavender trial, they called it. And then they got very, very robust results in that phase three trial. And then finally, then we had to make, they had to wait another, I think it was about another 10 months. They applied for a new drug application from the, um, from, from the FDA. And then finally that came through um, on Saturday. Well, I found out on Saturday, so it's US on Friday, the FDA approved the drug to sanitize the treatment of Rett syndrome for patients aged two and older, and the drug was given a name. So that the trade name and the marketing name of the drug is now called Debut. So nice, you know, nice story. Very nice story. So it was tried on girls and women who had the syndrome, and it. Yeah. And it improved. What did it improve? Yeah. Your... So what they showed, they they had um, both caregivers did an evaluation of the patients as they were on the trial, and also the clinicians. And what they showed is that the girls did actually start to um, to, to, to show a little bit of um, speaking. So not not big long sentences, and not you know, but they did actually they could actually communicate a lot better with their caregivers. Um, and also they showed much better motor skills. So they were the two things, you know, better cognitive function, motor skills, and a little bit of um, verbal um, verbal reaction, and that was huge for the families that have experienced something like that. They you know, just just a little improvement like that is quite significant. So, will the symptoms of Rett syndrome keep improving with the ongoing use yeah, of trifinitide? So, yeah. So, of course, they've only done trials, you know, for, for you know, not not past a year. So, the, the question will now be if. If you get if you intervene very early when someone's diagnosed, say at two years old, and you administer the drug, will you actually see start to see reversal of the syndrome? And that's the big question. But certainly the indications are that you are starting to see at least improvement. Mike, we'll talk about the story behind the development of the <coughs> drug. It goes back some twenty odd years. Yeah, so I just moved back from Australia, from the University of Sydney to the University of Auckland, and I'd set up an undergraduate degree program um, in medicinal chemistry. And so Peter Gluckman was actually at the Dean of Medical School at the time, and he'd spun out this company, Nuren Pharmaceuticals, to look at these drugs for traumatic brain injury. So he rang me up and said, well, you know, can you come along and, you know, try and help us get a drug for traumatic brain injury? And so I went, yeah, okay, no problem, and went up to his office, and that's how it all started. So it was really just in our lab, hired three early career researchers that came back from overseas, that were New Zealanders coming back for their first jobs, and we set about doing the job. And... You know, we were, we just went about it systematically and made made lots and lots of different um, potential drug candidates or compounds, as we call them. And then finally, we did actually get to this magic one that was actually really hard to make. We just couldn't make it, um, and we really wanted to make it. We just had like, well, I just had to think that this was this was going to be a really good good compound to get. We couldn't make it, um, couldn't synthesize it, so we put it to this to one side and just kept going and doing other things. And then we kept going back, and then finally we made this magic this compound, and then. It got really, really good results in, in the um, screening. And so that became the drug candidate, NNZ2566. So that's the compound that then Nuren took to the to clinical trials. So then you had to get it manufactured. 
uh, so it was suitable for administration for patients. So we call it making it under good manufacturing practice and clinical grade material for the human clinical trials. So we had to go through all of that. Then we had to then, then the company had to do the phase two trials and then the phase three trials with Acadia. So it's a huge long road. You know, the pathway to drug development is is actually twenty years anyway. That's a long very long time. So a lot of investment of time and things can fall over at any at any time things things can go wrong. So it's very I mean I teach medicinal chemistry, I teach the undergraduates about the pathway to get a drug and it's it's very it's, people can medicinal chemists like me can spend their whole career trying to make a drug and not even get it into phase one trials. So to actually get it successful and actually FDA approved is huge, huge um, sense of achievement and excitement from a medicinal, from a medicinal chemistry point of view, but also taking it away from the basic science, where it's where I come from, the discovery end of things. If you look at the patients, huge excitement there. So, you know, we've gone from bench to bedside. And it took some 10 months to get the actual FDA yeah, marketing yeah. approval. Yeah. I, like, I, I was excited when we got the when they got the robust results for phase three, three trial. Oh, that's it. Because, you know, I teach this stuff. And basically, if you get to phase three, that's, that's pretty good. You've got a really good chance. But I didn't realize that it then took another 10 months to get the final bit of paper that allowed you to market the drug, you know, the marketing approval. So that was a surprise. And that was actually under a fast track scheme. So um, this was fast track because it's, it was a drug for unmet need. So if, if it's a drug for unmet need, the FDA moved faster on these things. So fast was still quite a few months. But it happened. At least we got there. Quite significant getting FDA approval. For those that don't know what FDA is, maybe just explain oh, that. Sorry, please, yes, so the, sorry, the um, FDA is the United States Food and Drug Administration. And so they're responsible for approving all new drugs. And they're the, ones, they're the people that, of course, approve the COVID vaccines. So it's quite significant. It's very, very significant. First drug of its kind to make it to, to the market, I guess. Yeah, first, it's the first drug for Rett syndrome. For New Zealand, it's actually the, it's very exciting for all of us involved in drug discovery. Drug discovery is not a big thing in New Zealand, but it shows that you can actually, if you really have a bit of a dream and you keep, keep your goals, you can actually get there. And so this is a nice story of a drug out of a, a little laboratory in the university, at the University of Auckland that... Um, that working in collaboration with biologists at the Liggins Institute and the medical school, we got the we did, we got the intellectual property to allow us, and we patented and allow New End Pharmaceuticals, the spin-out company, to actually take this right through the commercial pathway, the translation right, so we then get into the clinic. So it's a nice story of sort of New Zealand Inc. and New Zealand innovation. We spoke with you in 2018 when you were the first woman working in New Zealand to be elected a fellow of the Royal Society of London, the world's oldest scientific organisation. So have you made history again? No, I wouldn't say history, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm personally really, really pleased that, I managed to, that we managed to get this one over the line, get the finishing line, so that the drug could actually get into, could get into patients. But like I said, it, it was, I was just one small part of it. We were just the beginning. Our, my team was just the medicinal chemistry part, but you've got to have... Chemists at the very big, all drugs have an active pharmaceutical ingredient in them, and so that, that particular drug, that the drug, is designed and made by a chemist, and then chemists working by working with biologists, and then later down the track when the drugs you know developed, you have, you work with clinicians and patients. So it's a huge big road to get a drug to patients and to the market, but it all it does all start with the chemistry. Um, it's just I think that's nice for people to hear that that. 
people see us beavering away in labs and wonder what we do all day. Well, actually, you know, some of the, some of the stuff we do can actually benefit mankind. And this is this is why I did medical chemistry. I, I my father was a, a GP, but I didn't really want to do the do the blood and guts of being a doctor. So I did the next best thing, and that was um, medical chemistry, where you actually get to try and make new drugs for people. So, you know, that that that's what drove me as in my career, and I'm now grateful that. You know, I've spent a long time doing this, and then finally, you know, reap the rewards where I can now explain to students that it can be done, and we, you know, we've done it at the University of Auckland. Tell us about the responses you've had from the families that have been affected by Rett syndrome. Yeah, so just over the last few days, I've had quite a few families sharing videos of their um, child that was doing that's been on clinical trials that are doing well, showing me some, you know, just. To, um, Videos of, the, of their mobility improving, a um, little bit of speech. There is this really nice family that I know in the United States, Melinda Lancaster, and her daughter Caitlin. Melinda's been the sort of patient advocate, so she's really rounded up all the the US patients um, and you know, and really supported all the families and helped as they went through progress through the clinical trial. She actually made necklaces of the drug molecule and these silver necklaces to give all the girls going on the trial with the trifenotide molecule on it, which is really nice. Um, oh. And I've got one of those. I really treasure that, and just really got behind the patient, explained to them what a clinical trial is all about, what we're trying to do, because it's a huge sacrifice of time and effort that these families make to go on those those clinical trials. So I've kept in contact with her, and of course, her daughter Caitlin was on the phase two trial, and she did really well on the tri- on the trial. And Linda told me that it was just that you know her daughter could actually communicate with her and started to speak, and then unfortunately she couldn't go on the phase three trial because she was too old. So she really, really wants to get hold of the drug, um, which will be available. It's on the market in, at the end of April uh, in the United States. So, mm. so Melinda's really, really hanging out to get to get hold of the drug for Caitlin. So, you know, so the drug, the drug, families like that. the drug is going to make a big difference to their lives, families' lives, and so on, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just just to be able to communicate. Imagine not being able to, you just can't communicate with your daughter. Who, especially when they're only you know, they're two years old, and you can't even they can't even say mum or dad or yes or no, and you know it, it's 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 very very tough. Uh, mm. And then and then the mobility issues as well, that in the wheelchairs and just and, and fed by straw. And so the other thing about this drug, it's a very unusual method of administration. So normally we take a pill or we take you know we might have to have an injection, but this particular drug's given it's kind of like it's like a strawberry drink, um, and they have to take. 25 mils of this um, liquid formula. Um, yeah, so it's quite a, quite a quite a high dose of the drug uh, and an, an unusual method of administration because you're dealing with, um, in, in, in the majority of cases, a lot of children. And Margaret, how many girls and women have Rett's syndrome in New Zealand? Do you know? So in, so in New Zealand, um, so because of confidentiality, the clinicians you know can't really release that. But I am, I'm in touch with Rett New Zealand and the Rett Trust for New Zealand. And they think there's probably there could be about 50 girls, so it's not high numbers um, of of patients in New Zealand. And in, in the United States, they're thinking it's you know it's about I think 10,000. Okay. And as you said, people can get hold of the drug uh, in another month in the United States. That's yes. there, but what about yes. New Zealand? Is Pharmac yes. going to fund it? So that is, of course, a big question, and I don't want to get into that. That's not really what I'm an expert in. But there's a few things that have to happen. So it's been like it's it's obviously available in the United States with Acadia Pharmaceuticals, but New End Pharmaceuticals that are in Australia, which is a New Zealand company, but in Melbourne on the Australian Stock Exchange, they are now going through the regulatory process with the European Medicines Association. 
And then that, of course, will then enable the drug to be approved by MedSafe here in New Zealand. And yes, then is the question, will Pharmac fund it? But I'm hoping, you know, I think there might be other avenues to pursue there. Um, I'm, I've said earlier that I'm hoping an advocate might help help us, you know, talk to Nguyen and, and, and get the drug available at a reasonable cost to the few New Zealanders that do actually have this, this horrible wet syndrome. And it, 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 by, by virtue of the fact that the drug came from New Zealand, um, was developed by Kiwi scientists, you know, hopefully someone can help me persuade them nicely. They might be able to make it available to New Zealand at a, at a, at a reasonable cost. Yes, you need an advocate or a sales rep or someone like that. To... Not a, no, not a sales rep. I think more of a mm. just a, a states, you know, nice statesman type person that could you know, speak <laughs> nicely. And yeah, I don't know who that is, but it's certainly not the job. I'm a, I'm a scientist. I'm just a, I'm a lab person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, someone. So if, yeah. if people want to look it up, it's Ret R E Double T. That's how yeah, you spell R-E- it. R E T T. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Rhett syndrome and the drug itself, trofinitide. Trofinitide. T R O F I N E T I D E. T I D E. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Trofinitide. Well, what a wonderful achievement, and I hope that it can be put to great use in this country. Thank you so much, and congratulations on on this achievement, Margaret. Thank you very much for having me. It's nice to share that story. It's a, it's a nice story. We're delighted. That's distinguished Professor Dame Margaret Brimble working towards the goal of the drug helping girls and women with the rare neurological disorder called Rett Syndrome. If you'd like to look it up, as I say, T Rett Syndrome, which has received approval in the United States from the Food and Drug Administration, FDA. The drug developed in New Zealand. Let's hope it can be given permission here as well. We thank Dame Margaret for her time this evening on Nights.